open up to uh, Psalm chapter 18. And I'm going to talk today about protection. So we'll read a couple of Psalms. And here in Psalm 18, we'll read two Psalms that have the word buckler in it. And they come from a different root word. And in Psalm chapter 18, the word buckler basically means like the scaly hide of a crocodile, okay? So we're talking about protection today. So when it's referring to a buckler here, just think of that scaly hide of a crocodile. So Psalm 18 and verse 1. I'll love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, like that wall of fire, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I'll call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, And cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Just jump down to verse 28. For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. You know, talking about confusion. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leapt over a wall. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. So this is uh, obviously David uh, writing this psalm, this song about the Lord, being uh, his protection, and uh, twice there I read the word buckler, like like that scaly hide of a crocodile, and um, and it says also in there that last section, you know, teaches my hands to war. There was a, a little bit of a reference in uh, testimony about uh, a little bit of a like a a, a war that we're a part of, you know, a, a spiritual one, and he teacheth us so that. Um, uh, so that a bow of steel is broken in mine arms. Now we read this with spiritual eyes, you know, and then also uh, that shield of salvation, which is also a protection thing. And uh, he also holds us up, gives us strength. And what's interesting, it says that by his gentleness has made me great. You know, that loving kindness has given us confidence and that protection has made us great. He, he can shine through us to others, that testimony uh, that we have. 
We'll go to Psalm 91, where the word buckler is in this one as well. It has a different root word. Psalm 91. Beautiful psalm. We'll start in verse 1. But here, the the word buckler um, comes from a word that means like a surrounding. Okay? So Psalm 91 and verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress surrounding. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. He is truth, his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Now what that says really is the pestilence, you don't know where it is, you know, it's kind of hidden. Uh, So the the pestilence walks in darkness. You can't see it. (laughs) You see the the effects of it in other people, but uh, you can't really see it, like the germs and so forth. So he's telling us not to be afraid. He says, thou shalt not be afraid for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. There's that surrounding. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, where we live. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up, We read that uh, similar aspect in the last psalm. In their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. See, this is a different um, uh, perspective. It's like the Lord speaking now in verse 14. Because he, i.e. us, has set his love upon me, i.e. God, therefore will I deliver him. I'll set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, we shall call upon God, and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble, I'll deliver him and honour him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Beautiful, beautiful words. And this is God's word. Uh, It's got that seal inspired by the Holy Spirit. And uh, he, he's expressed all of these... Sorry, Michelle, is Sunday school okay? Or... Oh, did she? Okay, no worries. Um, um, yes, these things that God uh, wants to do for us. He wants to uh, uh, be a surrounding, that wall of fire around us, uh, protecting us, holding us up, giving us strength. Uh, he loves us. So he, he want, and remember spiritual things like uh, he'll bear us up in his hands, uh, give, hold us up and uh, that we can, we can do things and have confidence. Um, but it says we won't dash our foot against a stone, like we won't trip in our walk. You know, we'll still be uh, confident. 
uh, treading upon lion and adder, things that are hidden, you know, that uh, we, we, we can't see. We don't need to worry about those hidden things, you know, like walking in the scrub. You, uh, this is the physical aspect, not, not being afraid of snakes, but in the spiritual aspect, not being afraid of uh, those things that can, can uh, trip us up or uh, uh, injure us spiritually, uh, uh, that our salvation may, uh, may be taken. You know, the Lord wants to protect us from all these things. Uh, he, he desires for us to have a surrounding, a protective surrounding, and also to give us that scaly hide of a crocodile. Um, uh, so he, he wants that uh, so that we can walk in our life full of confidence and not fear. You know, there's a bit in there about fear. You know, I will not fear um, the, the pestilence that walks in darkness. I will not fear um, the, the arrow by day. You know, uh, that's what the Lord wants. He desires that for us. Let's go to Exodus chapter 34 and verse 23. We have thri- um Yeah, I'll put it into perspective. So here, of course, we are through the Exodus. Uh, period of the wilderness where the Lord is giving instruction to uh, his people uh, about uh, different feasts, different um, uh, events that they must go to Jerusalem. And the nation of Israel was spread out. I mean, at this time there was about 600,000 people uh, and that's a lot of people. And then there's farmers and there's other cities and towns. There's distance between them all. And so the Lord is commanding them three times a year to come to Jerusalem, to leave their home behind. Now, it's easy enough if you're in Jerusalem, you just walk around the corner. But what happens if you're, um, I don't know, 500 kilometres away? Uh, you're leaving your home and everything you have there so you can come to Jerusalem. And here in Exodus 34 and verse 23, it says, Thrice in the year shall all your men children appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. So your borders will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And if your borders are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, then the people that have to travel to Jerusalem are getting further and further away. Neither shall any man desire thy land when thou shalt go up to appear before the Lord thy God thrice in the year. So the Lord's commanding them to do something to leave their land, leave their wives and children right on the borderlands with, uh, with other people to, to come to Jerusalem three times a year. But he's saying, look, somehow the Lord will take away the desire of the foreign nations for your land. And this is, this is a really nebulous aspect, but what the Lord wants is for his people to be confident to follow his will, to do his will, to, uh, to obey his commandments, to have confidence. It's like, okay, the Lord's got it in hand. I don't need to worry about my loved ones, my livestock, my property, uh, because he's going to actually take away the desire from other people to come and invade. That's an amazing protection. It's not that the Lord's saying, oh, okay, as I enlarge your borders, I want you to build uh, big fences and then knock them down and build more, you know, as we do today <laughs> around the world. We love building fences. Um, <laughs> the last thing I heard was um, they're putting um, 
sea containers on top of each other <laughs> to build a whopping great big wall. Um, but the Lord's saying, spiritually speaking, he wants us to be confident and not fear. You know, oh, the Lord's asked me to, to he doesn't, he's t- asked me not to forsake the gathering together of the saints. Okay, that's a commandment of the Lord. It's not grievous. Uh, so I'll go uh, and, and support the things that are organised in the fellowship and he'll take away the desire of others to do harm. Uh, that, or as we go about, we get up and we've, we've, we have to go to work and do things, not to be afraid of our testimony. Because um, as we read in Psalms, like he doesn't want us to, to fear. Uh, he wants, to have that, have that, wants us to have that confidence that uh, our salvation is sure and that no man shall desire to take us uh, if we continue to look to him. Another one, Joshua chapter 2, and then we'll head into the New Testament. Um, (laughs) It's just funny, when when I was putting these scriptures together, uh, we'll go to the book of Luke after this, and and I said, oh, like after this scripture, we'll go to the New Testament. But it's funny, when you read the Gospels, it's kind of like the half New Testament, (laughs) because it's not about the Spirit. Uh, So it's kind of like this in-between place. Um, so uh, Joshua chapter 2, so we'll read a parable of Jesus Christ. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 9, but Joshua was the person chosen to lead uh, God's chosen people into their promised land and to take possession of it. And here in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 9, um, context again, they are coming up to uh, the city of Jericho, so they're camped on the other side. No, they're not, actually. They've just crossed the the, uh, Jordan and uh, they've sent spies to check out Jericho to bring a report back and then ultimately, we know the story, the Israelites uh, walk around Jericho, the walls fall down and it's an amazing miracle. And before this, um, Israel had destroyed the nations of the Amorites and the Midianites uh, the Lord delivered them and uh, they took their lands and those lands were given to uh, Manasseh, half-tribe of Manasseh, Gad and Reuben. So there was that, that the Lord had shown his power through his chosen people. And we get to this point where these spies meet up with a lady called Rahab in Jericho and Rahab has some things to say here in verse 9. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 9. And she, being Rahab, said unto the men, the two spies, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint, or they become weak, because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites, that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. And so these are... uh, a modern context, these people that are in uh, Palestine, they are worldly people. 
and it's God's chosen people, Israel, and there's this, this terror that's fallen upon them. They've heard about the testimony of the Lord and we walk about amongst worldly people um, and they can see our testimony. They can see the Lord working through us and there's this respect, okay? And when I first came to the Lord, I didn't realise the depth of that respect. It's only years later when you... uh, get feedback and also it can be years after uh, things that happen that you get feedback about that respect. Um, We can feel um, uh, intimidated to stand up for the Lord amongst in front of others Um, but there is a respect that the Lord uh, makes them have for us. I mean this word terror is a very strong word but there's that respect today and I remember quite a few years ago I had a bit of trouble with this person at work and uh, I mean they were a very popular person um, and um, because I made a very firm stand for the Lord which was tough it can be very tough and this one was very tough and uh, made a stand for the Lord Um, they became very negative toward me and, and they were like I said, a very popular person, and uh, all I could do was just um, carry on, uh, you know, uh, with work and being a good testimony and so forth. And um, and it was I'd left that place of employment, and then I, one day I just popped back to uh, catch up with some people. And in the meantime, this person had caused all sorts of trouble, and I remember talking to this lady, and. She was describing what this person had done and then she paused and looked up and she said, but you already knew that, didn't you? Yeah. And I just thought, wow, okay. They remembered that was going on and it's just amazing, absolutely amazing that the Lord puts that respect and he just wants us to to be confident in him, you know, and uh, and he'll protect us and help us. And uh, it's just a phenomenal thing. And what's also phenomenal is years later I bumped into this person on the street in Bunbury and it had all gone, all the enmity had gone and they were great. Yeah, it's just just glorious what the Lord does. Uh, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And yet in amongst all that I had no idea what the Lord was doing. Just like this nation of Israel, all they could see were the giants, the sons of Anakim. They didn't know what the inhabitants were thinking until they were told by Rahab. And then those spies, of course, would go back and say, look, (laughs) you know, there's this fear of the Lord in them. Go forth with confidence. The Lord is protecting us. Luke chapter 12 and verse 22 is I'll read the passage, but there's uh, uh, an important thing I will highlight uh, in amongst it. So Luke chapter 12 and verse 22. And he, being Jesus Christ, said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat or food, And the body is more than raiment or clothes. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, 
which neither have storehouses nor barn. You know, they don't prepare for well into the future with their food. And God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. They have uh, this incredible beauty that the Lord has given them. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe ye, O ye of little faith? So here, what I want to point out, like as we've read in the Old Testament, it's the Lord's desire to protect us, to hold us, to help us. He wants us to be confident when we go about doing things. But here it says at the end of verse 24, it says, how much more are ye better than the fowls? Right? Think about it. Of course, we understand. Like the, the, the birds, they, they don't build silos and stuff, but they are fed by the Lord. But then what the point the Lord is making here is how much better are we? You know, he cares for the sparrow. How much better are we? Even in the physical, we're the peak of his creation. But you step even further, a whole quantum leap up from that, that we're being filled by, with the Holy Spirit. We are his dear children. How much better are we? If he does all of that for the animals, provides for them, and, and the plants, beauty, incredible beauty, if he does all that, how much better are we? We should be able to walk with confidence that he's there for us. And he ends this passage, O ye of little faith. Okay, he wants us to have the faith that these promises that were written in the Old Testament, we are so much better than the animals. He wants us to be confident. He protects us. He does these things. We keep going on. We keep following the Lord, proving our faith. You know, why doubt it? Because of the weakness of the flesh, the Lord knows that. But he's trying to lift us up, hold us up, put us firm on a rock to carry on following the Lord and looking to him, uh, loving him and keeping his commandments, that we are so precious to the Lord. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. And we'll be going through a few scriptures. In the New Testament, practical advice on how uh, to grab hold of this confidence and understand the protection and, uh, and, and that comfort and peace that then flows on from that. And here in uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, it starts out, first bit of great advice. Oh, Philippians, I mean Colossians. Philippians chapter 4. And verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. There you go. Rejoice in the Lord always, acknowledging he's there. And again, if you want me to repeat, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. You know, gentleness, carrying on, following the things of the Lord. We're not extreme. The Lord is at hand, knowing that the Lord 
is going to return. Be careful for nothing. Uh, it should really say be anxious for nothing. You know, that's a commandment. The Lord doesn't want us to be anxious. So read last week, like, uh, his commandments are grievous. Are not grievous. <laughs> his commandments are not grievous. Well, here's a commandment. Be anxious for nothing. Is that commandment grievous? Yeah. It's not a grievous commandment. The Lord doesn't want us to be anxious, to worry about what's coming up, about that spiritual snake lingering in the long grass, that spiritual lion uh, hovering behind the bush. He wants us to get up and carry on doing his thing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So if there's anxiousness, pray and supplication with thanksgiving, that rejoicing. It's all part of the same thing. Let your requests be made known unto God. And by doing that, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, letting your requests being made known, that means you're proving your faith, O ye of little faith. Nah, I'm faithful. I'm continuing to let the Lord know about my requests. And then as a result, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that word, that keep, it'll keep your hearts and minds. It'll keep it stable, keep it firm, keep it constant, protected, like the scaly hide of a crocodile. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In brackets here, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So this reference now, and it will flow on to the next scripture as well, this reference to, uh, to warfare and this spiritual warfare. Uh, so even though it's true, we still have these bodies, we still walk in the flesh, we can't walk any other way, we're, we're on this earth, but we do not war or have battle after the things of the flesh, to prop up the flesh and fight for the flesh. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual. And, um, and when you look to the Lord and you use the armour of God, which we'll read later, um, we can cast down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself, you know, that troubles us, uh, makes us uncertain, makes us anxious. You know, these things that go against the knowledge of God, against the commandments of God. And then, interesting way to put it, bringing into captivity every thought. So it's not wild. <laughs> uh, it's not wandering about. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you know that my head wanders. <laughs> wanders around in circles and spirals and all sorts of stuff. It just it goes on and on and on. And, that, and thoughts can do that. Imaginations can do that. The Lord wants to bring it into captivity. Because if your thoughts are spiralling around all over the place, where's the peace in that? But if it's captive and it can't move, there's peace. The Lord's got it in hand. 
Ephesians chapter 6, the famous uh, passage about the armour of God, that he's given us. An armour provides protection. So people that go out into battle have a greater confidence if they've got armour. If they have no armour, they don't have the same confidence. That's what the Lord wants to do for us, protect us. And the, this here, this passage that I'm going to read, which starts in verse 10, gives us tangible aspects of what the Lord's given us spiritually to protect us. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or anything that comes against you, um, wicked things in high places. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armour of God, reminding us that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. So what the Lord wants us to do is stand on the rock, be solid. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So the truth is important. Read the truth, understand the truth, know the truth. Having the breastplate of righteousness, a knowledge of our righteousness, that we are right before the living God. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. A great way to forget about your own troubles is to spread the gospel. Uh, talk to others about the gospel. You can forget about uh, your own troubles very easily. Above all, taking the shield of faith. That faith, nope, I will continue to seek the Lord. I'll continue to pray to the Lord for answers, that shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation. We are saved, that, that knowledge of salvation in the head, not just a feeling or that we heard about it, we know it. The sword of the Spirit, which is also the Word, the sword of the Spirit, use it. Uh, use the, uh, the sword of the Spirit, the Word, uh, properly and, and appropriately. Yeah, I can't remember that scripture that helped me out in that time of trouble. Oh, isn't that funny? Uh, which is the Word of God. Praying always, in other words, never giving up, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, i.e. praying in tongues and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, looking out for others, praying for others, uh, which is a wonderful opportunity to get that confidence and that peace from the Lord, thinking of others. And then Paul goes on, which I love to add, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Even Paul needed prayer. Uh, to, to help him spread the gospel. So who are we? We need prayer as well, that the gospel may be spread. So this is the, uh, some practical advice of what the armour of God is, the whole armour of God, which helps us to understand that we are protected. We're protected. Uh, he's just asked us to take on the armour. 
to understand his word at the right time. Pull out the sword. There's a scripture that you can apply and cut through that, through that uh, opposition. Romans chapter 12, the penultimate scripture. Romans chapter 12 and uh, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave, you know, search out that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honour preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. So there is a a little viper in the grass. The Lord's asking to bless those that persecute. Flip it on its head. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep, you know, in the Lord. Be Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be equal. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of men. And that there as well gives us confidence. Okay, the Lord's asked us not to recompense evil for evil. Lord, you do it. That's a type of protection for us not to worry about it. Uh, Getting back at people and uh, teaching them. You know, they don't realise what they did to me, so I'm going to teach them. No, that's not what you do. Uh, Verse 18, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And what lies in us? The Holy Spirit. So it is possible to live peaceably with all men. If it be possible, yes, it is. What lies in us? The Holy Spirit to help us live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That fire of evil, overcome it with a dousing of water. That's how you do it. You don't overcome a fire by adding more fire. You overcome it with water. And here, just the advice which is contrary to what we want to do, we, uh, we still be nice to our enemy. We still pray for our enemy. We, if they, they need something, we give it to them. This is all tied up with what we do to be confident in what the Lord has done for us, to protect us. It's in that same passage that he will avenge how he wants to avenge. We will not be joyous uh, of the fact that he's avenged them because there's a proverb about that. Don't be happy about it because he might turn it away. But leave it completely up to the Lord. Don't meddle with it. That's, that can be, allow us to be confident as well. Just simple advice, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, to understand that we are protected by the Lord and we don't need to be anxious even about our enemies. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 1, yes. 
But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. We understand what's going on in the world, that uh, it's all been prophesied, and so forth. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. We understand that. We look forward to it, but uh, that's how he comes. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travaileth upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. There are people that the Lord has appointed for wrath, and we are not them. We have been appointed to salvation. Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also you do. So encourage each other. And that's part of it, being part of an assembly, an armour of God. We're part of it. We're in this together with people who understand and uh, understanding the protection of the Lord. And the reason I read this is the Lord's given us a very clear example. You know, what in the natural It's a shadow of spiritual things. Jesus did it so often. He drew upon natural things in his parables. And here is a type of a parable. In the natural, we're awake during the day. We sleep at night time. That's the way the Lord's created us. During the day, we can see clearly. We can see things. At night, it's dark. We can't see. And even it says here, those that are are awake all night, they're they are drunken and, you know, they're doing naughty stuff because they're hidden. It's in the darkness. You know, like people won't see them. And that's, that's what when people are, are, are thieving, you know, partying and so forth, they do that at night time. But we are of the day. That's the natural. Human beings have been created like that, to be awake in the day and asleep at night. And the same thing spiritually. There's a spiritual type there. We are spiritually a people of the day. God is our light. We can see clearly. You know, God's given us this light. So when we, uh, we get up, we pray to the Lord, we, we understand his commandments, we go forth, we know his good testimony, we know he's protected us, we can see clearly these things. We are not following our own ways, which means we can't see clearly. Now I see that as confusion. You can't see clearly when you are confused, but we have a clarity You know, confusion is darkness. Clarity, light. Simple. And that's what the Lord's done. We are the children of the light. And we know that and understand that in the natural. So apply it to our spiritual walk as well. Our spiritual being. Our spiritual human being. We can confidently go about and follow the things of the Lord. Because not only do we have his word, which cannot change, we have testimony. 
And I love the testimonies because the testimonies are drawing upon experience. And experience gives us a form of light that uh, we are dwelling in the light. We are people of the light. Gives us that clarity. Ah, such and such. Waited. Yeah, fair enough. It was a while, but the Lord delivered. Confidence. That's what he wants us to have is confidence, knowing we've got the armour, we are protected, uh, and also uh, he'll keep those things away from us because he wants us to be there when he returns.